What's it like to be a pre-medical student at Utah State University? What kind of services are offered there if you're interested in becoming a doctor? What's it like to live in Logan, Utah? Today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. So welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I made the journey up here to Logan, Utah uh, to go to Utah State. And I'm with uh, two wonderful individuals. This is the first time I've had three people on the podcast before, so I'm really excited. So I'll uh, let them introduce themselves. We'll start with Yvonne. I am, my name is Yvonne Kobe, and I am a health professions advisor at Utah State. And what does that mean, health professions advisor? I am helping students navigate their progression to professional schools in medical, dental, pharmacy, PA, uh, chiropractics. Everything. If I missed anything, yeah. Yeah, everything. Cool. And then I'm here with Andy Anderson. Yes, my name is Andy Anderson. I've been here at Utah State University for 31 years. Mm -hmm. And my job basically is to educate students in the biological sciences, particularly with an emphasis in health professions. I do anatomy, physiology, microbiology, human dissection, ethics. I oversee the MCAT and the DAT prep course. So I'm really fond of people going into the health professions because they have direction. And I like people who have a direction in my class because they do better. And I plan to be here for another 20 years working with Yvonne and guiding uh, pre-health students. And it's a most enjoyable profession. Excellent. All right. So let's break it down. Let's pretend I'm a high school senior and I'm thinking about, you know, what college or university I should go to. Why should I come to Utah State? What can you offer here? Well, I would say that as a high school student, you need to gain experience and get kind of exposed to all of the things you've got to do as you progress toward the health profession career. So I think what we've got to offer is excellent orientation toward where to begin. And oftentimes I find with students, especially high school students, they get pretty overwhelmed with everything that they need to get involved in. So a lot of what we try to do is break it down and try to get them progressing on some of this good, challenging science coursework and increasing their knowledge base. Uh, And then also helping them kind of get involved in extracurricular involvement, you mm-hmm. know, as well as exploration of the profession, you know, so just little, you know, kind of a methodical progression toward experience. Well, there are two things, since we're addressing high school students here, that are high on my list. Uh, the first one, obviously, is the AP classes and classes in the sciences. They're going to help you be more successful in college. They're probably not going to replace the courses that you're going to take at Utah State University or other universities. But the information that you can gain will be a big boon. So coming into anatomy and never having a class in human biology or doing physiology and never had any – don't even know what the letters DNA stand for, that's a bad plan. So get some knowledge that will help you in your future profession. The other big thing that I'm a big fan of – is a lot of students have time in their senior year. And you're not going to find nearly as much time in college. A lot of your time is going to be spoken for when you get here. So if you can become a certified nurse's aide or an EMT, that's excellent experience that you can do in your senior year that will give you experiences, let you be exposed to things that will pique your curiosity when you get to college so you want to learn more. So I'm a big fan of getting those experiences while you're still in high school. 
And so what kind of services do you provide? I mean, I, I've, you have a new office, so congratulations, Yvonne. So you're in the, you're in the University Inn, which is apparently a hotel on the top. Hotel on <laughs> the top, top and a whole bunch of offices in the basement. Yeah, so yeah. career services down here. Tell me about what kind of services, you know, if I was interested in medical school, if I was a student here at Utah State, what kind of services do you offer? Part of what Utah State is trying to do now is kind of combo, I guess, what we're good at. So in the past, our health professions advising was a part of the Department of Biology. But what we've found is that 60% of the students that are applying to these different professional schools are not biology. And so part of what we're now trying to provide is a more comprehensive service that is going to meet all of the different majors and their needs towards professional school. Um, And at the same time, kind of collaborating with Career Services, who already provides a lot of mentoring and support for students in terms of personal statement writing, interview skills, uh, preparing for the job market, you know, all of these kinds of things where they're already providing it. Much of it is very much the same for a health profession student. So really hoping to take advantage of of the collaboration with these great people here that, that are doing some good stuff. One of the things I would compliment Yvonne on uh, that she agrees with me very strongly, is getting the information to students early in their college experience. And I think you're probably still going to be participating in SOAR at all? Yes, yeah, student orientation. Student orientation. Yeah. And what we'd like to see is the students are interested in the health professions. There are a lot of things they need to get done to become a good applicant. And many of those need to start their freshman year. Uh, where I get disturbed is when people come to me in their junior year and say, yeah, I want to go to med school or dental school or pharmacy school, but I haven't done any of the things that I'm expected to do up until this point. So I think the advising services that Yvonne gives and other advisors on campus is to get connected quickly in your freshman year with the advising services, with the people that can help you, such as researchers or faculty members that can be your friends. I'm actually a very friendly person. (laughs) And I like to help students be successful. But they have to connect with me, and we can do good things for them. And Yvonne can as well. And the way I kind of think about pre-medical advising is like a coach. You know, you can go out. You can train on your own. You can be fantastically gifted. But usually you kind of need a coach to get you to the next level. And as I've been going around meeting all the different pre-medical advisors in Utah, I'm just struck by how many, how hard they're working with the students to improve their applications, to improve their interviewing skills, to improve their writing, all those different type of things. So excellent. So um, let's pretend I'm a freshman. Uh, is there like a, a pre-medical class or there's a major here? Or how, how is that structured? I mean, do I get to come in to see you, Yvonne, with like, do you have open office hours or just help me understand the program? Sure. So... Andy was talking about the SOAR, student Mm -hmm. orientation. I'm sure all universities do this. The students come in and they they work with advisors and A-team mentors, and they basically have a day at Utah State learning to navigate it. Part of that, we have a a very limited health professions workshop where we're giving basic ideas of first-semester coursework to jump into um, and kind of starting to broach the idea of getting involved and, and ex- you know, shadowing patient exposure, but in a very superficial way, because, again, they get overwhelmed. Um, we then, beginning of the semester, this will be fall semester, we'll have an, a group orientation meeting where we expand a little bit more in depth. And part of where we'll go with now this new health professions advising office is more specific information for medical versus dental versus pharmacy. You know, so we'll get more specific info and resources to students earlier. Um, Other aspects, and this is the part that will still be developed, but 
you mentioned a minute ago the writing skills. To me, the ability to write and to get your story out on paper is probably one of the most challenging things for students. And part of what we want to try to accomplish now is getting students doing that earlier, getting you know a, a yearly progress report where they have to invest. They have to start writing up what... What have they been involved in? What have they learned from what they've been involved in? And to be able to polish that over time. So I hope that that would be beneficial to students. So, Is there – do you work with – is there a pre-medical group or, I mean, club or is there student groups on campus? Uh, yeah. We've actually got a very dynamic, especially this year, our pre-med club uh, is doing a lot of great things. They, they did a big fundraiser and took some – I don't know if I think it was 200 blankets down to primary children's and had a whole day down there where they actually gained a lot from interaction with a few different physicians. Um, But, yeah, the pre-med club, and we also have uh, a women in science and medicine that has been doing some things, just different activities. And mainly what I think students gain from those, those are two primary ones. They're gaining a lot of interaction with others that might be a year ahead of them, maybe two years ahead of them, and they're starting to understand what they've got to do, you know. Andy and I can talk to them all day long about what they need to do, but it changes it when their peers are telling them. Echoing what Yvonne is saying there, one of the things that I like to see in students as early as they can mature enough to do it is to take charge of their own education and say, you people are here to help me get the goals that I want. I always resent it when students look at me as a barrier, an obstacle to achieving their career goals. So I've got to get a good grade, you know. I like when they come to me and say, I want to be a physician. I want to take your classes, and I want to learn the information to help me. And then I become a resource. Yvonne becomes a resource for them. But they have to take charge and plan things and start thinking ahead for themselves. I mean, the most question a lot of people, what courses do I need to take? We often get that from freshmen. There's a lot more than just taking a list of classes. It's a whole plethora of activities that they have to be engaged in. What do you think, Yvonne? I agree with you. I think you're you're right on there. Yes. Is that the most common question you get, is what kind of classes I should take? Or what are the other kind of questions you get a lot? I think probably the main thing I get, yes, certainly prerequisite courses. How, how do I set up my four-year plan? Uh, but I think a lot of times what really challenges students is, what shall I get involved in? You know, what... How should I get involved shadowing a physician? Uh, How do I explore the profession? So I think a lot of times we're answering things like that. Yeah. I think we try to encourage the students when it comes to leadership, when it comes to service, when it comes to patient contact or undergraduate research with a faculty member. Rather than doing what we tell them to do, they need to decide why they want to do it and why it's personally important to them. Nobody wants somebody to go into service or leadership just to check things off a box to impress an admissions committee. We want you to go in there for reasons of your own that are important to you and be able to articulate to that people in the future. I had a student who had a very bad childhood. He volunteered with Boys and Girls Club in Brigham Brigham City for three years. That was the service he did, and he had a very good reason for doing it, and he could explain to people why. And when he was going through the selection process, he could explain it very clearly why that was important to him. And so, Yvonne, you talked about how, you know, you've moved over from the biology department because there's, you know, not as many people are majoring biology, per se, before they apply to the health sciences. What are the, some of the top majors that people are doing here? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I would say the top, I think biology still is one of Number the top one. okay. ones. Yeah. Biochemistry, nutrition, 
a lot of engineering students these days, a lot of bioengineers, mechanical engineers, exercise science. So we have a human movement science with an emphasis, exercise science. Those are probably the main okay. top ones. But okay. with that said, we had a ceramics major that went to medical school. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had history majors that have gone to medical school. So my hope to students, these high school students or whoever is listening to the podcast, would be follow what's really going to meet your needs, you know, and then take that science coursework and do well in that science coursework. Get a good base understanding. But make sure that the the major that you choose maybe will be a good backup plan if necessary. But additionally, it's going to actually be supportive for you for your future. My understanding with you, Dr. Chan, was you were a psychology. I was a psychology major major. and a human biology minor. So, um, yeah, I just loved learning about the mind and the classes were just very interesting to me. And Mm -hmm. I took the pre-med requisites on the side and those were harder. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, uh, I I got through it and I learned from it. And, um, yeah, I always tell everyone, just follow your passion. So every year, you know, people ask me, like they think, um, you know, the selection committee, they do know about people's degrees, what they major in. But very rarely do they really kind of focus on that. It's more like the experiences, the activities, uh, lessons learned, things like that. So I would say the plurality of people who get into medical school definitely have a hard science degree, chemistry, physics, biochemistry, things like that. But uh, every year people get in with history degrees, art degrees, ceramic degrees. So mm-hmm. so I, I always tell people, follow your passion in college. So Andy, what classes do you teach? What What's, uh, you know, plug a class, you know, okay. if you want more people to attend a specific class. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of classes I'm involved with. Two that I'm actually very happy to see pre-health students in. Uh, one is my bioethics class. And a lot, of, not, a lot of them drift into that one. But in bioethics, we talk about death and dying. We talk about how you make decisions dealing with crucial things in people's lives, like involuntary psychiatric commitment. How do you do that? Or experimentation on humans. Is it ethical to do that? We also talk about how our society is affecting the environment, which is something that everyone uh, needs to be concerned about. So I have a lot of fun in the ethics class. The other one, which is just developed about four years ago, is my advanced human physiology. And that was designed specifically for students that have already gone through the lower prerequisite classes of biology or anatomy uh, or chemistry and want to know more. And they're a very exciting group of students to work with because they're there of their own free will. And they they push me hard and I push them hard. And I tell them, I'm going to try to make this harder than I do for my other classes because you're a select group of students. So that's a very fun class for me to be teaching this these days. Just a little aside with that, it's very interesting, all of the students that go, and literally almost all of them that go off to professional school will write Andy back, because Andy always copies me with it. But the students are incredibly appreciative of the challenge that they've gotten in Andy's classes. And so there's all these people that don't appreciate it, but there are a ton of people that have gone on because they need it. They're ahead of their peers. They're more, they're more prepared mm-hmm. and doing well in medical or dental or any of the professional schools. One of the reasons why I love coming up here is because you, you kind of hit upon it. I just feel like, you know, it's like a small community up here. It's like a family. Mm-hmm. I just love hearing how students are thanking you and just giving you updates about where they are in their lives. I, I think we all have, like, dreams of our students <laughs> after they move on to kind of keep us in the loop and give us updates. I, I guess that's what Facebook is for on some level. So, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, so let's talk about, uh, you know, where do students head? I mean, where do they apply to from Utah, out of Utah State? What kind of schools do they usually get into? I would say if we were looking at type of medical school, so our students tend to apply to both MD and DO programs, I would say 
more of our students are accepted to the DO programs, the osteopathic, but we still have a f- good amount with the MD, you know, the allopathic. Um, where they are applying, certainly the University of Utah is an important component for all of our students. Uh, Medical College of Wisconsin is a top school. Washington State. Or uh, Health yeah, tends to be a pretty common one. I, you know, and I kind of took a survey of, as I've talked to other pre-med advisors, and they tell me St. Louis University, Ohio State. Ohio, yes. Um, Vermont every once in a while. The Arizona and Colorado schools, they have a very liberal, non resident policy so a lot of utah applicants are going to those schools as well so mm-hmm. excellent can you talk about like a, a you know a student you know going back to like uh you know family can you think about a student that you really worked with that and that you know did all the things you asked even from freshman year and um they went on to kind of follow their dream like follow their dreams and got to where they need to be uh, one that leaps to mind right now is a student called chris bowen and chris bowen was with me for a long time mm-hmm. he's now down at the university of utah And Chris was one of those rare students that would come to me and said, what can I do to help you? How often do I wish people would do that? (laughs) And he would say, I want to help you teach in your labs. I want to help guide students who come on tours of the cadavers. He'd come with me with special projects. He wanted to see if the bones of the skull could be manipulated with your bare hands. It's called cranial manipulation. He went up to the cadaver lab, got a skull, got out all the measurement tools and tried to see if you could actually move the bones of the skull. So he was taking charge of his education, and he specifically came and interacted with me, not for any particular advantage, but because he wanted to. He wanted to help his fellow students learn, and so I liked him a great deal, and he's been very successful, and he recently got married, too, which I was pleased to see. (laughs) Excellent. How about, do you have anyone in mind, Yvonne? Yeah, one just kind of popped into my mind as Andy was talking. Um, a young man, won't say any names, but he uh, was very, very interesting because he wasn't, he was only here part-time, and he was a little bit down at Weber part-time, and it was simply driven by the fact that his wife had a scholarship, free rent up here, so there were all these kind of things that were moving him between the two universities, so he never really made a good contact with anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, he went ahead and went through the application process, not really dealing with myself or Andy, and uh, did not receive an acceptance. And in talking with him in the following year, a lot of things came out. His father had had some issues with drug. He, he was a professional, a health professional. Drug um, problems, mm-hmm. lost his license. And part of what this family did was kind of move into helping others navigate this. So eventually he got his license back, and this family came together from it. And what was so inter- interesting is this young man... Uh, came to me and he didn't even want to talk about this stuff in his professional school application. He didn't in his first one. And as we talked about it and you know, kind of worked through it, he started to recognize the importance and the value and what he learned from that. And the fact that he and his father were out there educating others with drug dependency. I mean, this is a common problem. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes students, I think, again, they're young, they don't understand how resilient they are and how those qualities actually will help them in their future profession, and this is part of what they need to be using this. And it just kills me that he never even talked about it mm-hmm. in his first application, mm. and it's a powerful component of it. So did he put it in his second application and uh, get and in he somewhere? Was successful. Okay. Yes, ah, he excellent. was successful. Yes, he was. Excellent. <laughs> um, as you think about the future of Utah State, what, what lies on the horizon, either for the Department of Biology or for career services? Uh, one that's coming up in the Department of Biology, which actually I'll be working on tomorrow, 
He said our curriculum committee is trying to come up with a human biology emphasis in the biology department as a track that students can take that will have more courses on the menu that would appeal to people going into the health professions. So we're going to kind of try to remove some of the classes with plants or bugs and have more classes dealing with human aspects to see if we can have more students in the biology department, which I think is a good place. I mean, I'm here. I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see more pre-meds, and we hope to get more of them in that in the future. Um, As far as career services and kind of my new space, I think part of what I will be trying to take advantage of is the technology that professors and and faculty use in terms of managing their classrooms, I can also use as an advisor. And so my hope now is to line out, specific to professional school, kind of a year-by-year things to be doing, uh, progress report type things, you know, assignments, things like that, where I think students, we can hook them into it and streamline it a little bit better without defining it too much. Mm-hmm. I don't want to define it too much because, again, I want students to really be finding their own passions and following their own pursuits, but yet a little bit more guidance than we've provided in the past, a little bit more mentoring, mm-hmm. uh, and, and in the hopes that more students can actually take advantage of our, our offices. If we can get students to be aware of deadlines that are coming up, I mean, they, they can't just wander into this like a lost sheep. But they do have to follow their own path, but they can be kind of guided in one direction. Gently. <laughs> and be aware of the deadlines, that the courses go in sequences, that they need to take one course before the next one, that they need to get involved with things their freshman year and keep continuing with those activities all the way up to the time of application. So in their last few minutes, just so the students here or the future high school students can know more about you, what attracted each of you to working at Utah State? How did you come here? What, what was the story? Yeah, I'm a little non-traditional. So I basically was here at Utah State. I grew up in Logan. My family, my dad was an oral surgeon here in Logan. I started up here, went through my schooling for about, pretty much had my biology degree, and then had my children, and I stayed home with my children for 12 years. Came back to school and, and was in the Department of Biology. Had to retake a few classes because it had been 12 years. Genetics changed in a huge way, microbiology change. So I retook a few classes, got my degree, and this advising position came open. And so I took it, and I have never looked back, and I've enjoyed it immensely. We've been very grateful that you did. Um, As I said, I came here 31 years ago. Uh, Before that, I was a clinical laboratory scientist, and I was on a track to become a director of a clinical microbiology laboratory. That's why I went and got my Ph.D., so that I could do that. And there was a job here at Utah State to direct the training of clinical laboratory scientists. We had a program at that time. And when I was looking at the two possibilities, I, I talked to people about taking a job in education. They said, don't do it. They said, the pay is terrible, and the students will give you a hard time. Mm-hmm. And they were right about those, both <laughs> those things. But what surprised me very much is when I came here to Utah State University, I was much happier than I was in hospitals. Working with students is actually a pleasure, and I do enjoy working with them. And they don't die as often as hospitalized patients, and they're happier than patients. So I've been a lot happier here, and I continue to keep on working. And as I tell everyone, I'm going to be one of the few faculty that continues to teach after he's dead. I've got big plans. That's excellent, Andy. And lastly, just to fun stuff, because I love learning more about your lives. I heard, Andy, you were a professional shooter? (laughs) (laughs) Professional is stretching it beyond credibility. Uh, I'm actually a hobbyist with target shooting. And when I get free time, we have a very nice shooting range here in town. 
And right now I have a, a 308 Winchester rifle that has a scope as big as a Star Wars death ray. Mm-hmm. And the gun is better than I am. When I try to hit things at 300 yards, the rifle wants to hit them. I keep doing bad things, and I'm not hitting the target. So I like doing that in my free time. It's actually very relaxing uh, to do target shooting. And you meet some very interesting and colorful people <laughs> at the shooting range. So, so no competitions? No competitions. Okay, so just, just strictly... All right, since you asked, in the past, <laughs> in the past, I did do competitions. They were called three-gun competitions, where you fire with a handgun, a rifle, and a shotgun. And you run, and you do it for time. And I was fairly average. There were some people who were much, much better uh, with the three-gun competitions. They ran faster than I did, for one thing. And they hit the targets more often than I did. But it's a heck of a lot of fun and enjoyable way to spend the afternoon. I've, I've gone, is it ski or skeet? Skeet is when Skeet you shooting. throw a few things in the air. Yeah, I, when I was little, uh, I was on a boat, and, and mm-hmm. thinking back the now about the environmental repercussions of just flinging things into the ocean and shooting at them, I didn't really appreciate that at the time. But that's my only experience with that. But that was a lot of fun. It was like uh, it was very uh, interesting. How about you, Yvonne? What, what, any hobbies? Well, I, I don't think mine's quite as dramatic as that. I, I I think the only thing I can really come up with that's a recent thing that my husband and myself for pursuing is learning how to sail so we have we bought a little hobie cat a couple years back and we've been teaching ourselves how to do that up at bear lake and we went down to san diego and took a sailing class so mm. sailed a 38 foot hunter so we've learned some fun stuff and i've got a lot of fun things is to look there to. a sailing club here at utah state well no but interestingly my husband is the director of campus recreation okay and the hope is perhaps in the future. Because I think that would be a wonderful addition. Yep, so. yep, I awesome. agree. And we've got a good space. I mean, just 60 miles away. Mm-hmm. Another huge thing, I think, for Logan, um, just the outdoor opportunities here are amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for spending time with me today. And I, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing more Utah State students. Yay. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.